Welcome to Catholic Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. On today's show, we will get to learn all about the newly ordained Father Nick Heyer. Uh, he stopped in the studio and we had a great conversation, found out how he got his call to the priesthood and uh, a bit about what he's looking forward to as a priest. So stick around for that. First, we have Dr. Chris Bergwald. Isn't there something that I feel like last week you're like, oh, and I always forget to say this, but. Oh, yes. Good thing you reminded me. I did say it at the end, though, but that's uh, that that we now uh, have the show on Rumble, Rumble although we're having a couple of issues with it. Oh, so if Rumble. you can't find us right now, keep checking. <laughs> so, Renee. Yes. What's today? Let me think. It will be Pentecost. Yes. Are you sure? No. <laughs> It is indeed Pentecost. Okay, we should have made Casey get on mic for the first time this now time. Now here, Shoot. now this is, what is Tuesday? Actually, now I'll be more specific. What starts tomorrow? From Pentecost, so the, the day after Pentecost, or tomorrow as we're recording. Sorry, the day after, the day after Pentecost. Uh, ordinary time. Ordinary time. Do you have any idea what week we're in in ordinary time? That This is like it's, bonus points We have question. talked about this before, though. It's like 19 or 18 or It's something. 10. 10. Okay, 10. I was too so if, if Pente- I was going to say 32, so that would have been no, that's, that's like November <laughs> or late December, early, no, yeah. early November. Yeah, I figured that wasn't right. Uh, no, yeah. So it's it's the 10th week of ordinary time that begins okay. this week. But today is Pentecost. Right. Uh, fun little fact, back in the day. Uh, like in Jesus' day or like no. when we were teenagers? No, <laughs> just before we were around. Okay. Um, there was a, um, th- so the old calendar. Okay. Um, prior to the reforms after Vatican II, there was a, uh, I don't know, Bina, a uh, octave. There's a Pentecost octave. Oh, really? Yeah. I kind of wish that didn't go away. Yeah. There's some, because Pentecost, I think, is uh, is underrated. Yes. It's the third greatest. So there's there's the Triduum, you mm-hmm. know, Good Friday, Easter, mm-hmm. uh, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, Easter, Sunday. There's Christmas. Yep. And then there's Pentecost. Wow. Pentecost is number three in terms yeah, and of- we, it's like- we do it on Sunday and then they were done. Nothing. Yeah. So I kind of wish. So, but there's nothing so wear to say. Red if you're, oh, if you're not wearing red today, if you see this before Sunday, wear red on Sunday. Wear red. And then wear it all week. Wear yes. the same shirt all week. Oh, there week. you go. Just do that. <laughs> no. <laughs> but, no, please. <laughs> no. But uh, it, just because officially we don't celebrate a Pentecost octave anymore, there's nothing to say that you can't. Uh, have a particular devotion right. to the Holy sure. Spirit throughout this sure. coming week. Of course, the novena finishes with Pentecost, the original Vena. We'll talk about that next okay. year. Okay. All right. So the gospel for today, actually, there's a couple of options for the gospel. I want to focus on the one, they're both from John's gospel. One of them from his chapter 14. Jesus said to his disciples, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the father and he will give you another blank to be with you always. And then it goes on. I have told you this while I'm with you. The blank, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have, to, all that I told you. Any idea how to fill in the blank? Well, I think the second one. I don't know if they are they the same. same well, book. I think it's Paraclete. Paraclete or Advocate. So okay. Paraclete. Advocate. So Advocate is sort of how uh, Paraclete is a bit closer to what the um, uh, the Greek is. Mm-hmm. It's Paraclatus, I mm-hmm. think. Um, that's translated into modern English. Uh, sometimes directly as paraclete, but other times as advocate. What is an advocate? Someone who works on your behalf. Yeah. So both words, paraclete, like the etymology and advocate, same thing. Somebody you call to your side. Mm -hmm. So like an advocate, like in a legal sense, like an attorney, when you're uh, in in court, Mm -hmm. in court, 
In court? court? Yeah, in court. Your your lawyers, where is your lawyer? Right there beside Mm -hmm. you, Mm -hmm. ready to speak on your behalf. So the Holy Spirit will speak on Jesus' behalf. He will remind you everything that I've told you, Mm -hmm. but he will also, in a sense, speak on our behalf. So I just... So that was the first thing, uh, just in terms of the title of who he is. Mm-hmm. He is one, one who speaks sort of on Jesus' behalf. I want to go back to what Jesus says, though. I've told you this while, while I am with you. The advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I told you. So... The Holy Spirit has all sorts of roles in our life. Um, it, if you... As when in doubt, read the catechism. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the catechism can give you uh, just a beautiful summary of what the church teaches. But one of the things, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to teach us and remind us of all that Jesus had, has said to us. And I love the idea of reminding. Yeah, I could use him to hang around with me all the time and well, remind yeah. <laughs> me of all the stuff I forget. <laughs> be, maybe you need to deepen your devotion to the maybe Holy Spirit. <laughs> but um, so much, I, I, I talk all the time, um, one of my, my favorite authors says, that the for the Jewish people, the greatest sin is to forget. So we f- so often forget, you and I have talked uh, in an episode of Ignition that's yet to come um, about forgetting our identity, but there's mm-hmm. all sorts of things, what God has done for us. The Holy Spirit will remind us of everything that Jesus has said and done for us. Let's invoke him more in our lives. Uh, yes, that would be good. Holy Spirit, hang out with us a little bit. Amen. In studio with me today, we have the newly minted Father Nick Heyer. Welcome, Father Heyer. Thank you, Renee. It's good to be here. Good. I'm so glad you were able to come in. You were just ordained. Mm-hmm, this past Friday. Yes. So it's only been a few days. Yeah. Um, so I'm really glad you were able to get in here right away because sometimes we have to wait a little bit um, yeah. to interview the priests after they've been ordained because there's so much going on. So There is travel and yeah. going to other ordinations yeah. and all that. And thankfully, you're from here, so that probably helped. Yes, that also helped. <laughs> so I'm glad you're here. We are going to talk to you a bit about um, how you got your call to the priesthood, mm-hmm. um, where you're from. We're going to just find out about you since you'll be out and loose in the diocese here yeah. shortly. Yeah. So. so I'm from Sioux Falls itself, okay. uh, born and raised, uh, lived on the east side of town until middle school and then the west side. Wow. Um, you you straddle both sides. That's kind yeah. of unusual because usually people live in one, start on one side and just stay there. Yep. Yeah. But uh, I've been in both. So I know most of the city, although it's getting big enough that yes. it's like, where's the <laughs> So um, I went to St. Mary's for elementary. So okay. did my sister. And then I went to O'Gorman for middle school and high school. Okay. Uh, I was the class of 2008. Okay. And I then went to USD in Vermilion for college. Okay. And just one sister then? Uh, and I have two stepbrothers, one, okay. one older stepbrother and then my sister and ste- other stepbrother are younger than me. Okay. All right. So you're kind of in the middle, sort uh, yeah, of not, but kind of. <laughs> were you kind of really the oldest in your family? Because probably growing mm-hmm. up, it was you and your sister, I assume. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So okay. most of my life, it's just been my sister <laughs> and I, and we're very close. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can tell how close we are. We were at grandma and grandpa's for Thanksgiving or Christmas, and we we're playing Pictionary. Okay. And my sister and I would only like draw just like a squiggle and we could kind of like guess it instantly. And we, we amazed our cousins that like, how did you know that was, you know, that's X, crazy. So. <laughs> how much younger is she? Uh, just three years. Okay. So yeah, you guys were pretty close. Yep. Good. Where is she now? She's actually living in Sioux Falls and she's teaching at St. Mary's. Now, oh, okay. So. Nice. Yep. And how about your parents? They're still here. Yep. Uh, okay. My dad lives just outside of T. Okay. And my mom lives on the West side of Sioux Falls. Okay. 
a west i'm on the west side too so there you go all the west siders over there (laughs) okay so um what was your plan for your life before Mm -hmm. you decided to go to seminary because you said you went to usd so i assume you had some other plan i did i did my plan was uh go to usd get a degree and then enter into medical school oh wow so my dad is a retired eye doctor and then he has family uh that's some way connected to the medical field Mm -hmm. and The Lord always blessed me with doing well in school, Mm -hmm. and I just really admired how my dad had such uh, strong and deep relationships with his patients over Mm -hmm. years and years. Mm -hmm. So that was the plan, um, taking the classes, and then in my junior year, I had a big conversion. Mm -hmm. Um, Father Scott Trainer brought focus in to the Newman Center down there, and they invited all the students that wanted to to a focus conference mm-hmm. up in St. Paul over Christmas break. So I went, um, had a profound conversion, and then I still stayed on the medical track, mm-hmm. but it became slowly apparent that that wasn't the Lord's plan because um, I I didn't get into med school the first go around. And when I turned to Father Trainer, you know, <laughs> Father, what do I do? I don't know what to do with my life. He just said very simply, get a job. <laughs> So that sounds right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so then I still had medical and school mind. So I went home back to Sioux Falls and was a nurse aide for Sanford Hospital okay. to try yeah. to build the resume. And yep. Um, but throughout that year of living in Sioux Falls back home, uh, my focus shifted on the question of, Lord, what do you want for my life? Mm-hmm. Um, and had you ever you? asked that question before? Not really. Okay. Um, I remember when I was maybe 11 or 12 years old, I asked the question and the idea of priesthood briefly came, but I just immediately said, no, that's dumb. Um, So, um, but it really was sort of that soul searching uh, Mm -hmm. time. And just through um, staying in touch with people that I knew going on retreats through Holy Spirit, um, Holy Spirit uh, men's group started to do retreats down at Broomtree. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of sort of how it all sort of began, where just asking that question and uh, the Lord putting on my heart in a retreat, just be my priest, but not getting clarity as to what kind, you know, religious or not. And so then I just did a lot of um, searching. I called Father Haggerty a lot, um, went to different places throughout the country to look at religious orders, because, I mean, I had heard of... Benedictines, Dominicans, Franciscans, but I didn't know what do they do? Right, right. What is the difference? All of those things, yeah. So, um, and just slowly throughout that time, um, I realized, okay, the Lord's calling me actually to do focus. Mm -hmm. So I became a focus missionary for two years, uh, had a great experience um, walking with students. Uh, It just became apparent that, no, medical school is not the route. go to seminary mm-hmm. um, and go to diocesan seminary specifically. So um, with a leap of faith, I told Focus, I'm going to finish the year and go to seminary. And I applied. And then I just waited until Bishop Swain gave the green light. And, um, <laughs> You're like, okay, here we go. Yep, huh? Here I go. <laughs> so I'm just sort of waiting in limbo. and Because um, I had applied amidst the busy season of Lent and right, Easter, you right. know, and... <laughs> Right. So way to go. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So Okay, so I have two questions for you. Yeah. Before your this conversion you talked about, mm-hmm. were you a pretty 
uh, serious Catholic or were you like many teenagers and, and college students where you were just kind of like, eh, whatever? I was more the latter. Okay. Um, so I'm grateful that I did go to um, O'Gorman for middle school and high school and that dad um, and his siblings and my grandparents gave that foundation. But yeah, I mean, just the faith wasn't that important. And part of that was the people I hang out, hung out mm-hmm. with in high school. Um, and just, I think things have gotten so much better in the church that we've realized it really is more of a relationship. Whereas as a teenager, it seemed like religion was more of just another class, like math oh, or sure. history. Mm-hmm. So going to college, I really didn't practice my faith. Um, thankfully, the Lord guarded me from a lot of the enticements that college oh, life yeah. presents. Um, certainly, I made bad decisions at times, but but yeah, I mean, I just— um, I would still go to Sunday Mass, and I think that helped just keep that connection, especially right. with Father Trainer's homilies. And, yeah, he's great. Um, so, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so then you also mentioned that when you were 10 or 11, you you heard some brief yeah. sort of call. Was there another one that came along later that solidified for you, or was this more of a of a gradual it thing? Was, it was quite a uh, pretty profound thing, Renee. So I was um, I'm trying to think. I think I was in focus at that point Okay. on my first year, and I went again on a retreat through the Holy Spirit Men's Group, and we had this great Monsignor from Arkansas, um, and he somehow had a connect. He had, I think, gone on a retreat with Fulton Sheen. Oh, wow. Um, but he just said, gentlemen, we're going to have a lot of adoration, um, and I really want you just to spend time with the Lord and talk to him as if it's your spouse, because a lot of these mm-hmm. guys from Holy Spirit are married um, or your best friend. That's easy enough. Father Trainer speaks that sort of lingo, and mm-hmm. okay, Lord, well, what do you want to talk about or tell me? And <laughs> we'll be my priest. And I was like, okay, well, Father Trainer mentioned something about testing stuff in prayer, and you know, so I asked two more times, and then okay, well, the simple question follow up was, Lord, what type? But then there was crickets, and I was like, really? <laughs> you're gonna do that? You're, Lord? you're not gonna help me here? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was kind of the really be my priest, and and then also. Um, and focus too. Um, I was praying with Matthew 16, I believe, where Jesus gives the keys and the authority to oh, Peter. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and just had a sense of using imaginative prayer that I was in Peter's place and that meant priesthood. And initially, Renee, I very much freaked out because I was just going to ask you that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I just was worried because I had my own ideas. I wanted to have a big Catholic family like my dad came from um, and just worried about various things, you know being alone and, and other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think just being caught off guard. But thankfully, one of the priests at Focus just helped me to see that a lot of my fears were just superficial and unfounded. <laughs> um, and the Lord just confirmed that, that, you know, check out seminary at least. Yeah. So I just continued to uh, follow that. And I was really fortunate and even unique in that both of my male teammates in Focus also um, entered seminary. Oh, wow. Tried okay. It out. So um, same seminary or different seminary, different seminaries. Okay. Yep. Okay. But both my first year, he went off to seminary after his, my year with him. And then the next year, um, Logan also went to seminary for his diocese. Uh-huh. And, um, what was, yeah. what was Logan's last name? Um, Hep. He's from the archdiocese of Omaha. Okay. So, so we, uh, supported a, uh, focus, uh, guy at some point. And I actually, Logan sounds familiar, but I think he was married now that I think about it. I think he was married, so it couldn't have been the same look. About, so I just <laughs> okay. can't think of his name. Okay, so, yeah. all right, um, good. So you had a little fear, yeah. but you went through it anyway, mm-hmm. which is good. 
Yeah. I'm glad you did. <laughs> Me too. What did your family think when you told them? Yeah. My my family overall was very supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, Surprised? Um, My mom was surprised, I think, but she's also a convert. Sure. And so I think for her as a mom, she was seeing more of like her shy son and the idea of like speaking didn't quite match up, but my dad had really had a front seat view of my discernment Okay, and just the questions I wrestled with. So he, he just said, you know, if you think that's what God is going to lead you, then follow it. Cause you'll be happy. Um, I think, you know, I would imagine there was some nervousness cause I was putting aside the opportunity to go to um, optometry school to be a doctor. Right. Um, you know, and I'd gotten my education, but otherwise my family was just thrilled Good. Um, and my grandfather had four of his sisters become Franciscan nuns out in Milwaukee. So, and they would frequently go visit them when my sure. dad was little. So there was, it wasn't completely foreign. And then my dad went to college with Father Ken Luft. So, okay, sure. So, um, oh, he's yeah. used to this stuff. Yeah, he's kind of used to it. So, <laughs> yeah. And since then, there's just been more and more support. Um, and just a lot of joy now that the day's arrived. I'm newly minted ordained. Right, so, right, right. Yeah. yeah, if you're just joining us, we're talking to uh, newly ordained Father Nick Heyer. I always want to try to say your name wrong. I'm sorry. It's, okay. it's <laughs> happened all my life. I'm sure. You just kind of cringe. And... <laughs> um, okay, so what was the best part of seminary? Yes, very good question. Uh, one of the best parts, Renee, was the friendship or the fraternity. Um in particular, within my own diocese of Sioux Falls, mm-hmm. um, I experienced a little bit of that being in focus where you have people from all across life, very similar to the church, but you're on the same mission. Right. Um, but there's just another added level of um, depth that's available in seminary where you can talk to guys, um, walk with them, go through the same struggles. But yeah, but I would I would really though echo that there's something um, almost like a charism that the Lord blesses our diocese with mm-hmm. that even if we're different with our music tastes or sports or not, we can just sit in a room and you know shoot the breeze or have really intense conversation if mm-hmm. we need to. Mm-hmm. Um, and we enjoy hanging around with each other. We razz each other, especially <laughs> Father Zach. Um, he's, I can't imagine that. Yeah. So uh, that was that's been one of the best parts. Um, All three uh, of you went to the same seminary. No, so Father Mitchell and I went to St. Paul Seminary. Okay, um, and then Father Zach, due to COVID vaccine stuff, he joined us his last year. That's at right. Saint Paul. But that's otherwise, right. he was in Rome. Sure. So, yeah. Right. I, for- I forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. What was the worst part about seminary? Well, along with having at times good fraternity, community life really is hard, Renee. It's challenging. Gr- it's challenging because growing up, it was just my sister and I, and we, you know, she played Barbies, I played dinosaurs. Right. But when you have a house of, you know, 70 or so men, um, different backgrounds, different values, uh, you start to rub each other the wrong way. <laughs> sure. You know? so, it's like, that guy's really ticking me off. Yeah. Or just, you know, you come into the kitchen and, oh. Didn't do their dishes, right? And, um, so, so that at times stretches you, and I think uh, along with that, just with with anything, college, marriage, um, it's easy to get too lost in the weeds, and you're like, sure. "Why did I even do this?" You know. So, I'm sure you had some moments of that, didn't you? Yeah. Were yeah. they were they more of that getting in the weeds stuff that really didn't matter, or were there some serious? I mean, and you don't have to yeah. answer this if you don't want to, but it's yeah. a little off topic. But yeah, <laughs> were there um, serious it was a little concerns? Bit of both. Okay. You know, I mean. At times, for example, like with classes around administration and business, oh, it's sure. like, am I even going to be able to do this? Right. Um, 
And then especially as I got closer to being a deacon and taking classes on preaching, just, I don't know if I can do this because I get up at the podium and I'm a nervous wreck, <laughs> you know. Um, Is that getting better? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and Father Samson was really encouraging with this and that. Um, quote unquote, preaching to your classmates is so different than preaching to a congregation. Okay. Um, it's more real. Um, there's, I think there is a charism of preaching. Um, whereas like, yeah, when you're in front of a class, it's more of like giving a presentation right. and it's your peers right. and you know that they're critiquing you <laughs> <laughs> or you think they are. Um, but yeah, with preaching, it's, it's just very different that you really get to more or less just have a conversation with people right. about something that's important to you right. um, and to teach people. I enjoy teaching and um, yeah, it's very different. So. Well, I can't remember. I think you, I think I only heard you do one homily at Holy Spirit. I think. Yeah. I just did yep. my first homily as a deacon, but then I spent my summer um, at Christ the King. Yeah. Okay. And then when I had sort of, when I had some vacation time, um, I just usually let the priest preach. Yep. Yep. So. Yep, I think from what I remember, you did okay, the one yeah, I heard. <laughs> I did, yep. Yeah, so. Uh, okay, so you were obviously just ordained. Is mm -hmm. there anything from ordination day that stood out for you? Yeah, one of the things that stood out was um, the peace that settled in. So okay. Bishop in his homily said, you know, at ease, men. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> you all just kind of like took a little breath right there and <laughs> kind of sunk in your chair a little bit more, it felt like. <laughs> Which is good, because for myself, I was very much, you know, nervous. Yes, and, yes. Um, but yeah, just noticing, especially at the moment where I'm waiting for Bishop to anoint with Chris, oh, I'm yeah. just mm -hmm. doing sort of an interior check and wow, I'm really calm. I'm not nervous. Um, and even with, you know, con celebrating, okay, what parts do I say? But it was just, there's this peace, mm -hmm. right? And everything went smoothly. And even if something came up like, oh, I forgot about this. It was just, okay, it'll get handled, you know? Um, so that was one of them, but also just seeing somebody I hadn't seen since college. I was like, what are they doing here? And they came for a blessing and it was just so profound. Like, wow. Okay. I would imagine doing the blessings was really cool. It was. I yeah. was really amazed at how many people wanted mm -hmm. a blessing of mm -hmm. people from Aberdeen. People came down from Del Rapids and where, yeah. where I'll be going and just, mm -hmm. okay, here we go. You know, praying and praying and all right, my lower back's starting to hurt, but okay. We'll keep giving blessings. Okay. It's finally, you know. Yep. Yep. Well, good. Good. Yeah. Um, you said your first mass mm -hmm. at Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, that went well. It we talked did. just a little bit before we started the show and you said it went well. So it did. Yeah. I was, I definitely had nerves. Um, but once, once I finished the opening prayer and sat down and, you know, uh, the lector came up, it was just, it honestly was as if, as if I had done it a hundred times, oh, good. you know, and I preached, which, it kind of depends on the newly ordained. Sometimes they have, you know, like a priest they look up to or a mentor preach. Um, I was, I wanted to preach. Um, so I did. And it went well, even with a tongue twister in there. Um, <laughs> I did a rebound and it went okay. <laughs> Good. And, um, and people just commented. It was so beautiful. Good. Um, I asked Nancy Serene, who had been the music director mm -hmm. of Holy Spirit, to coordinate a team. They did great um, Good. instruments. So, Good. Yeah. Good. I didn't go to the 730 because that's that's really early. But <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. So. Um, okay. So let's see. What are you most looking forward to as you settle in a priestly life? I, I'm really looking forward to, one, just being back in the diocese. Mm -hmm. um, Minnesota has good people in it, but <laughs> the Twin Cities are not Sioux Falls <laughs> no, or the not. rural life. <laughs> no. Um, 
but also just getting to know people. Uh, one of the highlights of my deacon summers was getting to know the families that, mm-hmm. you know, the parents aren't much more older than I am. Right. Um, and just uh, being able to enter into that and the the depth or the intimacy that people will open themselves to a priest that you get to experience, mm-hmm. um, whether it's something very joyful or something very sorrowful. Right. Um, so that, that's what just in general um, – with Dell Rapids, I'm really looking forward to working with the school kids. I was gonna say you'll have a great opportunity there if you're yeah. if you're enjoying those younger families and so on. That'll be perfect for you. Yeah, and my sister at St. Mary's in Sioux Falls just says that she she speaks very highly of Father Jacob Doty of how mm-hmm. he just is in there with the kids at lunch. He's you know playing recess yep. and just that idea to me. Uh, is really uh, exciting and I'm looking forward to yeah. it. And that's where future vocations develop is mm-hmm. those children seeing priests as yeah. normal people. I hear that over and over again from men who become priests. Yeah. And my sister even, you know, uh, she said, I think even at St. Mary's in Zoo Falls, like there could be some kids that if they just had a younger priest now with Father Doty or mm-hmm. um, the Proclasia sisters, just like just that exposure, she yes. said, could just spark something maybe. Yeah, absolutely. That's why we bring them here. We have, I want to ask you one more thing sure. before we wrap up. Um, if a young man or even a older man mm-hmm. came to you and said, hey, I'm thinking about becoming a priest, yeah, what advice would you give them? Well, I would, if I could, sit, you know, take him out to lunch or schedule mm-hmm. a time, but I would just kind of ask him first broadly, Renee, like what attracts you about the priesthood? Mm-hmm. Um, what are any fears you have? Um you know, and kind of just where where are you at in your relationship with the Lord? Are you going to daily mass or, you know, going regularly? Um, but also, um, I would point him to all the resources we now have, Father Samson, Father Trainer, Eric Gallagher, Dr. Bergwald, um, because I, I have my own experience, and that might relate to a lot of guys that, you know, went to college. But if somebody is fresh out of the gate of high school, mm-hmm. um, they're more of, you know, St. Therese, John Paul II always just had a good faith. You know, that's, I think, would be helpful to point him to other people that can relate. Um, but also just, you know, have them come to different events that the seminarians are at, the fishing tournaments. Yeah, um, for sure. You might have heard this past past summer as a deacon, Deacon Zach, myself, Father Tony Klein, Father Andy Thuringer, we went paintballing a couple times <laughs> um, out by uh, Bridgewater. And, you know, initially it took a little bit to get guys, but the third time we went, our last time, we had like 30 guys that are seniors in high school, freshmen in college. And Father Tony just made a point, like, it's good just for them to see more of the the, the human side of priesthood. Yep. So. For sure. um, Yeah, just to know that, you know, regardless of your interests. um, And two, a really important thing is, even if you go to seminary, it doesn't mean you're locked and loaded to be a priest. (laughs) Right. I've known many of great men that after a few years, the Lord just said, no, I'm calling you to religious life, marriage. But that time in seminary was important to prepare them for their yes, vocation. Yes. So. A lot of times um, men who go to seminary make really good husbands. Yes. So don't be afraid to go is, the, is yeah. the moral of the story. Absolutely. Really. Yeah. 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 All right. Father Nick, thank you so much for coming Absolutely. in to tell yeah. us about your uh, call and your life. Um, Del Rapids is lucky to get you. Um, I'm sure they're looking forward to it. Yes, I I think they are too. I'm excited. (laughs) It'll be great once July 1st gets here. Yes, yes. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for being here. All right. If you haven't found us yet on social media, you can find us at Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, and on YouTube at SF Diocese. 
and now at Rumble, at least I think, we are having a few little problems, but we're getting it worked out. So come see us at Rumble very, very soon. That's it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic Views. Music.